Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Have you missed us? Impossible for you to miss us because we're is loads of it everywhere. I'm Jen O D W Jen O'Dwyer D W O. You know, and that's Cassie Delaney Go again. Uh, Cassie Delaney, Jen O D W Y E or and bestselling art author McSophie White. Sophie mm, Mac White. No, I have to. You don't want to Mac. No, Do you see the Big Mac has a has now a chicken? I can't or... let go of my like super Anglo name over here. Can't throw a Mac in there. God, stop it! Who would you be able for? Oh, my phone won't believe who I am. It's pretty difficult. To... It's the challenges of today. This do we have? Like, how can I pay my parking? Try again in thirty seconds. Okay, bit of stuff up top, lads. Huge thank you for a very generous gifts betrothed to us, not the right word, by an individual by the name of So Ollie, S-E-W. And uh, He's check a him out on designer. He's lovely. Follow him on Instagram. Fabulous. You want a scrunchie? You got it. You want a pencil case? Why not? Here's a face mask. Oh my God, the cutest posters. So They're lovely cute. as well. Love thank them. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much, Ollie. That's very kind. Not to be confused with So Dolly, another big fan of the Creep Child. So similar yeah. in the name. Uh, isn't it lovely to be here? Cassie, how are you? I'm good. She's good. She's back again. Oh my she's God. Wrung she's wrung out. Again. She's wrung out. From doing an incredible dive on the patron. Which people have the patron to episode? Yeah, but not the not, not the, the no. Yeah, yeah, not the. So non-cares. we went through in detail the 2016 Bitfinex hack of Bitcoin, largest amount of money ever stolen, and how it came down to be an amateur rapper. Very interesting. Loved it. It was fabulous. It's, it's, we watched know, her video. And now I have a degree in Bitcoin. Do you know what's so interesting? Yeah. And what I love is that you're seeing like there's 
you know the way that like, Inventing Anna is coming out on Netflix. Mm. Oh, that's right. Um, and my friend Anna. We have two Anna Delvey series. Is there, I haven't seen the second one. It's based, oh, well, it's in like, I think it's in development still yeah. even. Like Lena based Dunham's off, attached to write it. And it's based off of the woman, Rachel Lowe. Um, the piece from Williams. The Cut, was it? No, uh, it was, do you remember the woman who like when they were in Morocco, got stiffed with for the, the yes, 60 yes, grand yes, bill. Yes, yes. And it was like her fucking, she went into an insane overdraft for it and everything. And like it wrecked her like financial life. And she was a fashion photographer, I believe. And then she wrote a book called My Friend Anna. And obviously the rights were bought. Good for her. And uh, yeah, Lena Dunham's writing it. And? A para. In I- between taking pictures of herself in her 90s on Instagram. Fair bold, Stuart. The also the series, the swindler, the Tinder swindler, so good. Yes, I tried, but um, it gets better. Didn't it care. does. It didn't care. Oh no, I loved it. I loved it. Well, it was right up Cathy's area. So good. Um, but what I'm talking about is how like you've got shows that are coming out now on like Netflix and other places. Like there's the Anna Dalvey one. There's the one that's coming out about Tammy Faye. Oh, very. Good. Oh, I'm so excited for that. There is. I think there's another one. I saw it. I saw a list Andrew of like Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, very um, good. I love Andrew Garfield. Series coming out about stuff, and basically they're they're long form series about stories that we have covered, and it's really yes. interesting to go into them and be like, oh, I know a little bit about this. The back, yeah, a little is. bit. We know it intimately because <laughs> we do forensic research here <laughs> on the Creep Dive. Just don't fact check it. Um, but I think that. I think that that Bitcoin story, I think that's going to be an epic oh, series. That is made is. for it, isn't yeah. it? Um, I, that's, that's it. If you're kind of new here, like every story that has like caught, you know, fire because of like being revisited in like new documentaries and stuff, we did it first. Like we fucking did it first. I don't know. It's like development executives are listening to the, the creep dive. Like, are. Fucking Lorraine Bobbitt, one of our very earliest episodes. Jesus, that was very early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, the good days. Do you think God, we'd Anna ever Nicole do a Smith. roundup of the best of? That'd be good. But like, you'd have to troll through. I hate that shit do when you? podcasts do it. Oh, do you remember when My Favourite Murder was doing the quilt episodes? I don't. I, I, I backed out of My Favourite Murder. Long ago. Yeah. Same. I, not for any particular reason, but just, I just, know, you just could sort of run your course with things sometimes. Maybe you're listening to the creep dive thinking the same. Yes. How can oh. we win you back? <laughs> uh, we so wouldn't be listening anymore. We have a story. Let's kick it off with a recent one. So, so we just yeah. did that. We just recorded the hive and we were discussing what we're going to talk in the main. And yeah. myself and Sophie have the same. We brought, well, we brought the same stories, but I brought like something separate, like my story that I, yeah. So go. So, it so basically is, don't fear not. We have enough content. The recent. This is going to be, I feel like, you know, I don't, we don't do like cre- the whole of the creep dive is trigger warning, but I do think we should just mention in terms of timing your meals around listening to this episode. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like I have had to, for example, I've been researching my my story like quite a lot, like all week. Yeah. I read a book. What? We Ooh. love when I read a book. Um, and I've had to like really plan my menu and the meal times. So like very dry food. Grand. This week. Good to know. Very little moistness, no sauce. We're coming on the back right. No sauce. And nothing with like a cheesy crust. Okay. Like, so I'm just saying it. Don't be tucking in to your fucking 
shepherd's pie right about this meal okay on this episode something happened and many men were arrested oh how tragic (laughs) for a fucking (laughs) okay something happened and a number of men were arrested seven yeah. We're in Finsbury Park. Yeah. You know the story. Uh, loads of you have been in touch to, to tell us about it. And the ringleader, the eunuch maker. As he is self-dubbed. Self-dubbed. Now, I don't know any of this. Oh, welcome in. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is a cult. It's been called the Nullo cult. And it... So, okay. Police find this kind of... Like exchange of conversation across Reddit and across a few different forms. And they're like, what is going on here? Uh, it feels like there's a number of castrations taking place, not by medical professionals. Mm. Um, now, and then they burst into this apartment and find these seven men and the eunuch maker. There does appear to be like consent, mm. as in the people are lining up to, it's called nullification. Genitalia yes. nullification. Yeah. And it's been attributed to, in this article, to this artist, Mao. Yeah. Japanese artist called Sugiyama. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Funnily enough, I managed in typical creep dive breaking news fashion. I actually hadn't heard about the Finsbury Park thing, and uh, amazing listener Bobby had sent me Mao Sugiyama's name and being like, "Have you ever looked into this guy?" And he's like from 2012. So he's from 2012, and just all the way from 2012. Japanese artist who is in. Uh, who I think himself said he was an asexual, uh, sort of in support of the asexual people. And this was part, his art show was sort of part that was kind of wrapped up into it. Mm-hmm. So what he did back in 2012 was removed his, through medical professionals, um, all of his genitals. And he created then uh, what he and many others were calling sm- a smoothie. Oh. And that's, that's sort of, that was the idea. But he opted to do this via medical professionals, Sorry, which was great. Removes his genitals. Opts to have them removed. Okay. Before he did that, though, he went on a sex spree just to get it all out of his system. Wow. And then he was checked for venereal disease. So he did enjoy sex. Well, we don't know. Maybe it he seems. was just kind of doing it to see if he did. Or just Just like, to make double sure yeah. that he was. And he was like, right, well, I've done this. I want to turn it into a show. I'm also going to ask for money from people. So yeah. if you wanted a little taste of what I've got, it's going to cost you $250 a plate. Mm, he called it a banquet. Yes. It, the banquet's name was something like, what was this? Oh, bloody hell. Uh, Ham Kaibel, a century banquet, mm. which uh, it's something about the uh, this mother goddess who embodies the bounty of earth. And unlike the American word, ham in Japan refers more gen- generally to processed meat. Mm. so the ham banquet <laughs> was just less about the pork and more just general meat so anyway he gets the people together he gets everything off right in the surgery he he opts to have a taking he's like you know i'm gonna need my junk so if you wouldn't mind they double bag it and into the freezer it goes while he prepares for his art show mm. and he gets a load of people sitting in and he's in a chef's uniform up the top and he gets his uh, frozen uh, testicle, scrotum, and penis out, allows it to defrost, and begins a cooking process. So mm. that's all part of the, exper- the experience, yes? Yeah, like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Imagine if you came to the show and it was just defrosting. 
for a I, bit. Well, Slow moving. as it turns yeah. out, they weren't impressed by the flavor and the taste. Oh. But he was because... Was that a cooking thing or like... But a, like he yes. did, you know, pair it with like... Like the last course had a button mushroom, button mushroom. garnish. So that stood out to me too. Yeah, doesn't it? I was like... It's an interesting choice. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? He... What did he do, Soaps? He didn't... He braised it, did he? What does that mean? He just fried it in the skillet. Braising is slow cooking. Oh, maybe he should have done that. That's what the, re- so the like reviews were. You do it with like cheaper cuts of meat to make it really tender and stuff. Yeah, but he should have done that and he didn't. Reviews in, it was chewy, underflavored, underseasoned. People were not that happy. But the, the law in Japan is pretty tight against like public exposure of your genitals, etc., etc. Mm. So he made everybody even sign a waiver. Even when they're not attached. So even when they're not attached. Ah. And I think there was some kickback after the fact. So it all took place. And the eating of his genitals commenced. Did stick back. And, t- <laughs> and it did. And it happened. There was about 70 people there. And a banquet Jesus, that's like loaves and fishes territory. Like, how are you going to divide that up? Well, here's what you well, do. they weren't all paying customers. They weren't all paying customers. Much like the listeners of The Creep Dive. Okay. Shout out to our patrons. And so Thanks what, for supporting The Creep. What you, so the paying guys, 250 quid a pop, got the dick. Yeah. And scrout. Yeah. Everybody else, weirdly, got beef and crocodile. What? Weird. I don't know. I'm sure there was a there was a there was there was a reason. And they ate it and that was the event. Wow. There was some kick I couldn't I can't find this guy since. Have you been able to find anything about him? Like this took place in what, 2012? He has an Instagram. What? As far as I um gathered. I'm having a quick look. So um, so this is a kind of a, a, well, it was a movement, but it's kind of been brought back into the public realm because of this gathering of individuals. So a 44-year-old, this is in Finsbury Park, 44-year-old Norwegian man was is currently being held on conspiracy to cause grievous bodily harm. Six other people aged in their 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s have been arrested. And uh, it's it, it's pretty interesting. What do you guys think? The Nullo movement. So the, the six people who've been arrested are the people who wanted to participate. Yes. Like, oh, really? it's a little bit, it's kind of hard to, like, call it a crime. Well, are you legally allowed to sort of medically perform surgery if you're not a licensed even if, professional? Yeah, even if you are, everyone is consenting. I don't believe so. Um, anyway, listen, lads, it's all going down. I, it's, it's an interesting one. Like they're pretty. Yeah, I mean, it seems like something that is really um, not appealing to most people. Yeah. But they are consenting to have themselves castrated. Mm-hmm. But historically, castrations existed throughout the centuries. Mm. Look at castrados. Now that was uh, that was for the singers. Yeah. And uh, do you remember we did this years ago and we played the 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 sound of your man singing the famous castrato and his voice so so those singers would have as they were they were children singing and mm. they wanted to keep this sort of high pitch ability in their voice so they would be castrated yeah it's like because like they're the boy hormones. sopranos yeah exactly. and then after um kind of puberty it would affect that fascinating yeah isn't it i mean i suppose like from my understanding of this finsbury park group like they are doing this to achieve an identity yes that feels you know like theirs they're asserting exactly their identity 
So I do think it's like, I do think it's problematic to call it a cult. Yes, the Daily Mail did that. Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't saying you were doing it. I know that you, you said it's been called a cult. And it definitely, yeah, it's... Just one of those things. Well, it's definitely one of those things that like requires more examination Definitely. And like, I don't, I haven't, didn't find any sources that were like giving much in terms of quotes from the people involved. Yeah, meaning mm. they, it's not something that they wanted to publicize or. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe they're not being given like a platform because people are really not understanding this. Yeah, it just seems like a totally bizarre move to not have this done under medical su- supervision. Yeah, yeah. If, but well, maybe that's does, not available to Does the, um. Unique maker have any background? No. Like, was he doing the procedures safely? Unlikely, considering it was just happening in a flat. Mm, I would say that's that's the issue. Yeah. 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 All right. So there you go. That's um, something to think about. Chew on. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, Chew. So that's done. So anyway, so that's the story of what's going on. As we speak. And then again, a bit in the past. That's very, I mean, performance artists historically love a genital fuckwit. Don't they? Yeah. Do you remember the guy, I think he was Russian, who nailed his balls to the cobbles, stones outside some big institution. I can't remember. I would say maybe seven out of those eight facts wrong. (laughs) But... But however, they do this kind of like, they like bits and bobs. They like doing bits and bobs with their bits and bobs. And we all like to watch. We do. It's nice to feel included. Totally. And like, would you Women performance artists definitely do do this kind of stuff. Actually, I don't know what we were talking about on the creep dive that prompted a listener to send me um, a woman artist who one of her pieces was like unraveling a really long scroll from her vagina. Amazing. Um, so what I don't know. Be? I think she was like, oh, you were talking about like tattooing a note on the on your labia yes. or something. It could have been on Mother of Pot. <laughs> Either way, we thank you for thank that, you that, for that, that nugget of information. Okay. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. And uh, is this the disgusting? But I'm prepared for extreme disgust. Don't let me down. And bear in mind, last week was the disgusting head flap with the coagulant. Is it worse than that? I would say in parts. All right, give it to us. Is Cassie ready? (sighs) I don't know. Like, it's also tough because it's harrowing. Right. It's a mix of harrowing. Sorrow. And really gory. And I'm going to give you... It's me, it's returning to my absolute pet topic. Cannibals. No, try again. It's, I Titanic. Never, I'm ne- you're in the right vein. It's the other Titanic that it is in my life. I'm never far from what is thinking it? about it. Last year, big year for me because it was the 10 year anniversary. Oh, 9-11. Yeah. I am sorry to do this to everyone. As ever, we have Kuora to blame because Kuora only serves me uh, borderline personality disorder updates and um, 9-11. 
I'm really sorry. So are we back in 9-11? We're back in 9-11. tread lightly. Okay. Because this can be very emotional. This is very emotional. I was thinking now this morning, I was in the shower. Pat on the back. <laughs> One of my goals this year was showering more. Do Did you, know you do a floss though? No. There's not a shower without a floss. I don't do any teeth care. You know my feelings about it. I like the cozy, furry mouth. Uh, the menthol wind tunnel. It's cozy in there, you oh. know? It's like a little sheepskin kind of cave. No, you just get that splash. It's never met a toothbrush in its life. You just like open your mouth. I told like, you my nails spend more time in your with toothbrushes than my teeth I know, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting part of my personality. Anyway, okay. Um, I Yeah, I was in the shower there thinking about the... Do you remember I was uh, talking about that um, book I was reading where somebody in the book was throwing a Titanic party? Yeah. And the author of the book was kind of disturbed by this. Yeah. And I was like, ridiculous. The wedding, yeah. And then I was like... No, not the wedding. Different, different person. Gotcha. They were doing it on like April 12th. And they at the party, they were like, okay... Let's do the countdown to the iceberg, guys. You know? And then I was like thinking about it and I was like, oh my God. Like imagine if a hundred years from now, some fuckholes are throwing a 9-11 party. I'm sure that's happening. I'm sure people are doing that. I feel like Jimmy Carr, maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's totally, that's that's his flavor. Not happy with that man this week. Nailing his bollocks to the road. (laughs) As, as an apology He, he really, hasn't been funny For a very long time Yeah yeah. There's something real dark About Jimmy isn't there so Yeah mean. completely It's meanness Actually yeah. I was talking meanness. to um, And smuggery mm. I was talking to um, Seb uh, The resident Jew In my life About uh, The holocaust Quote unquote joke And uh, He was like Talking about how It's like It's like a certain type of comedian has this kind of like holy grail of like nailing like a holocaust joke okay so it's like like yeah. that other kind of comedian that has like that that same thing about rape jokes yeah just wanting so badly to make to it work. keep the rape jokes and keep the holocaust jokes yeah stop trying to take our jokes and um seb was like yeah it's like um they're all like just that 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 joke of like the Holocaust silver linings, yeah, um, is like a real kind of thing that's just like repeated on itself so much. And that this might be kind of one of the more real high profile ones. I'm just gonna Google the joke itself. He said, it, "I don't want to repeat it." He said that he said basically that everyone so, always talks about the negatives. Oh, I see. Of the Holocaust, yeah. and nobody ever talks about the positives. And then he named a positive that was so fucking despicable. There is no yeah, he way kind of we should repeat it. He said no one ever wants to talk about the... The upsides or... It was like no one ever wants to talk about how many ex were killed in the Holocaust because no one ever wants to talk about the positives. Yeah. That's, uh, it was fucking disgusting. And he's all like, oh, you can't say anything. You can't... Nobody can make jokes anymore. And uh, anyway, like... Well, you can Like what I was saying now when... when Nobody uh, ever wants to talk about the positives of the Holocaust. I've come up with a joke that works. Okay. Oh, God. I'm joining the Holy Grail. Okay, we're we're in. Okay. Mm. If you have to, absolutely have to go down the road of trying to make a joke about... Can you just give this like two seconds silence so that if we have to cut it, it's going to be easy to spot? Okay. And now? The one, the only, the only positive to come out of the Holocaust. 
is that now everyone knows what a fuck hole Jimmy Carr is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that's there good. Go. Yes. Now, Jimmy, there you go. In, that's it's now, your pipe it's done. And smoke it. And I think we should cut that. Okay. Um, back I go. Back we go. Let me tell you about Judy Melanek. Right. Okay. She's some neck. She is. <laughs> Judy Melanek. Melanek. Okay. So. Why? 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 Just decide you just now. Just throw food into your yeah. mouth just as you do it. I was looking at them. I was like, I want one, but that'll be disturbing. It's a yogurt covered raisin. An underrated snack. It's so classy. You see, it's breakfasty, and I needed breakfast, you see, but I needed it fast. And it's a breakfast for the on the go creep. Okay. So, Judy Melanek, uh, there's a lot to know about her. She actually did lose members of her family in the Holocaust. Um, so, that's just a side note and a callback to something that we may have cut. Mm-hmm. So, it I'd, might, it might cu- mean I'm absolutely not nothing to you. Now, don't be mean now. No, I don't, don't think we be should be hiding now. Right, okay. So, <laughs> anyway, the important thing to know about Judy Malinek is that she is a forensic pathologist. Brilliant. And My she favorite is kind. a forensic pathologist that, so she started out um, in medical school wanting to be a surgeon. And then she kind of changed tacks and went into forensic pathology. And the crucial thing to know about Judy is that she went to New York to train and she arrived in New York in July of 2001. Wow, okay. And Do you think other surgeons look down on the pathology surgeons? Sorry, the, the pathologists because their patients are dead already. So the risk is much lower. So do you think the surgeons are like... The no. risk is much lower. No. But what is that tiny risk you're referring to? Just I'm saying them accidental. <laughs> but they play such a vital role because they help understand how people died. True. And in order to help the surgeons the keep people alive. The scientists go and they understand it and then everyone's part of keeping other people alive. Mm, mm. Yeah. It's a really vital role. Oh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I ever tell I you just, when I was younger, my parents, like when I was like really young child, I didn't have the word for a pathologist and my parents were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to cut open dead people. You that did. So you really did. So and now really. you really don't. It's yeah. weird. No. You're just trying something out. I would really like, like on my bucket list is attending an autopsy. I think you could achieve that. Especially putting it out, you know, in terms of like law of attraction, we have a pretty big listenership. Hey. Away, I get the Anybody parts. out there who can facilitate that, or do you know what could happen? We what? know because we have we have a huge fan in Doctor Marie Cassidy. That's true. She, she can, can sort you out. Ah, she's out of that game. She yeah, actually she is. Knows, she is. She but she knows. Knows. The book was or her guy. swan song. Her appearance on the creep dive was her swan song. Uh, book was a bestseller. I'd say we helped. Absolutely, you know, we did. in no small part to us. I got it as a gift like fucking 20 times. So oh, yeah. you. <laughs> okay, right. Here we go. What a neck. So Julie, what put New me York. onto this was what else Reddit? Okay, well, Quora, as I said first, um, was like what, uh, you know, it came, slunk into my inbox as it does, as if it won't, and was like, are you ever curious about what happened to the bodies of the victims of 9-11? I was like, Quora, stop it! But then my hands were moving independent to me and I ended up on a Reddit thread 
don't recommend it, called Various Scattered Body Parts, Some Recognizable of 9-11, quote unquote, jumpers. I mean, that's what. Oh, God. So. um, But surely they would all have been picked up. Well, that's it. They do. They did get picked up. Um, And there was a gigantic uh, effort made to identify every single victim to be able to return what potentially was there in terms of remains. Yeah. Or, yes, to just be able to explain to the family what their fate was. So... Judy Malnick is uh, married to a screenwriter and they worked together on a book called Working Stiff. And that Dreams. that should be, a, I think that should be a porno based in a medical examiner's office, forensic pathologist's office. Definitely already exists. But I'm very glad that it exists in book form. And the whole book truly is fascinating, not just the 9-11 chapter. Like she basically takes a case for a chapter and it's truly like just wild shit you'll anyone any creep would love it um so uh, i'm gonna read little parts of her book yes please um and then i'll kind of like so i've done a lot of highlighting here i'm going to purchase her book because we're just talking about supporting authors and how to do so excellent that's great can i ask like when she's talking about victims or dead people Mm. would she need to get release forms from their family yeah i was thinking that all the way through this book does she name them because yeah okay in loads of the chapters she gives names okay and like some of the stuff like it's just so it's like it's bonkers stuff okay so it does feel very like oh like how would you feel if this was you know your dad's death yeah. being described like one of the first chapters is like her arriving in New York and like one of the very first scenes she attended was a crane like dropping some huge thing onto straight somebody. onto a guy absolutely flattened like yeah what, like like how yeah. could you even assemble the bits back together with great difficulty yeah yeah. Yes. Okay, so she begins, I saw American Airlines Flight 11 a few seconds before it hit the North Tower. She was right there. She was going down 30th Street on her way into work. And she describes hearing this insane cacophony of a jet engine. Um, and she she said that she could see the plane it was coming from behind the midtown skyscrapers. So she was obviously lower on the island and looking up. Okay. And um, like then up the island, like, and she said it was flying so low in the clear blue sky of that beautiful day. Like, I mean, I think that's something that just like in every story they talk about, like how it was just this perfect morning. And she said, I worried about it for a moment. I must be an unorthodox approach to JFK, I told myself, as I continued down the last block. Uh, and this was at quarter to nine. When did it happen? It hit, like, just before right then. nine. Like, just then, more or less. So, um, she went on into her office um, in, the, in the building where she was working and in the medical examiner's office building. And um, she bumped into a colleague like minutes later, five minutes, like, and he was very agitated. And he said, did you hear a plane just crashed into the World Trade Center? And she was like, what? 
And he was like, they think it's like maybe a sightseeing plane. Um, and obviously a sightseeing plane. But Much tiny, smaller. Yeah. Um, well, you would presume that everybody presumed this terrible accident. Well, yeah, no, of course they yeah. initially did. I mean, for only a matter of minutes, really, Before like the there was one. not that long. I think, you know, I think it was about 25 minutes. Anyway, um, she said back to him, no, it's an airliner. And he was like, how do you know she that? Saw it. And she said, I saw the plane. It was a big jet, real big. Oh, my God. And so, um. They immediately went down to the identification office where the nearest TV was, as every single person, I'd say, mm. nearly like the Western world over or whatever. Um, and uh, so they said like immediately, like on the screen was the camera just fixed on the burning building and the newsman basically just saying, nobody knows what is happening, what has happened. And obviously the entire like Manhattan Fire Department had, was being deployed and like charging On their way. down into Lower Manhattan. And- um, God, it's so shocking, isn't it? She, yeah, yeah. She says that nobody knew how many passengers could be on this plane. And I think they were kind of more directed about to those casualties yeah. initially. Yes. Um, I suppose because maybe as well, like people weren't getting like as much of a visual and the second plane um, hit lower, ah, didn't it? I don't know. God, now I'm like, it's my pet topic. <laughs> and I actually- She knows nothing. I'm not entirely, I, look, one of the planes hit lower. Okay. Like significantly lower. Anyway, so they immediately started calling this a mass casualty event. That's what it's kind of called in the speak of mm -hmm. um, of these professionals. And like, she was like, there is plenty of forensic pathologists who will go their whole career never working of something course. like, well, obviously, like pretty much 100% will never work something like 9-11, but like even just like general mass casualties. Um, so they were like, right, fucking buckle in. They went... For example, straight across to like the food um, store on uh, across the street and like bought in like just so much food, knowing so much they'd fruit, be there, just knowing yeah. that like we could be here now for days. Yeah. Um, and that is when another person outside the building was like, a second plane has hit and this is an act of terrorism. Oh God. And so all of like senior staff, doctors, technicians in the building were all being assembled to go down and set up a field morgue oh, hell. and so they were like all you know dividing off because obviously other people died on mm. September yes. 9, 10. Somebody had to go the hospital. Yeah so there was like a lot of people who were doing regular autopsies and um, working on their like other work well they kind of they were in a weird limbo yeah and um so an hour passed but and the field morgue people had left to go down there and that is when they first of the twin towers collapsed and that the, the realization was dawning like a not only like that's that is cataclysmic they were also like and how close our were colleagues they, were they there? are there. Oh, shit. You know, like the field more and obviously so many emergency services people, it's just like incomprehensible. So they thought it was another explosion. Initially, they say the people in the vicinity mm -hmm. were like, 
it's another explosion it's a bomb it's this it's that and there was so much rubble the smoke was dense it was like a solid mass yeah so it took a few minutes for that to clear and them to be like where is it and you know the way like well, how did it fall so did it fall into it, like, itself concertinaed yeah. down on itself yes. which okay. is what a lot of like conspiracy theorists theorists like focus on because well that's how buildings are made because if they go to the side yeah, you're taking out everything. loads of people um yeah uh they the towers had several floors underground like certainly one of them had six i don't know wow. about if they both had six okay so that is kind of how it contained itself it, yeah like so smashed down and they were like Already, like, as well, news was coming in about the plane that was hitting the Pentagon mm. and the other tower was burning and now they were like, that's going to come down too. Um, so they just were, like, absolutely flailing. They had no idea what to do. I think nobody on the whole island knew what to do, mm. like, from the top down. Like, the Port Authority, police and the NYPD are, like, the two big kind of response. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And they just had no idea. They immediately started roping off the routes to the hospitals, to the uh, this building where she was. Um, and news of the second terror um, collapsed came down and they were like, what has happened to like Dr. Hirsch is a guy who was leading the field morgue and he actually arrived back and he was okay. Um, Sorry, can you just um, test it and see if it's still okay. Yeah, it's just, it keeps like pulsing or something. Might be How's that doing? Very randomly. Okay. It, it's usually fine, it's just every now and again. Okay, so he came back to the hospital. So he actually made it back. And he said when the tower, the first tower came down, he was standing like in the middle of the the plaza thing, like talking to a fire chief 
And yeah, he just um, was completely shell-shocked. And like, this is the guy in his career who has seen so much. Mm, Like, so he said that when the terror came down, everyone who was in the vicinity got thrown around by the shockwave. Whoa. I know. Like, just lifted and thrown. Not even like necessarily earthquake levels yeah. of like even more like earthquake combined with hurricane, I'd yeah. say. Like not even like people were hit with debris, yes, and knocked by debris, but so many people were just lifted. And so he the actual field morgue people were like generally lucky, like, you know, broken bones and um, some head injuries. They seemed, you know, to have gotten way somewhat lightly and they so one of the people who'd been down there came and spoke to Judy and was like I want to prepare you for what's going on so he'd been down there and he'd seen firsthand and he said okay so when I first saw Dr. Hirsch he was covered in white ash and dust with blood on his head he reported to me that when he arrived down there it was like nothing he'd ever seen not in all his years People were jumping or falling from the buildings. This is is tough. They seemed to take forever to fall, tumbling through the air. They would hit the pavement with a loud thud, very loud, and bounce. And land again. Dr. Hirsch told me the sounds of the bodies hitting the ground echoed off the buildings. Like, that's how loud it was. Jesus. One after another. How could you get over over and over? I don't think people did. Yeah. Um, when the tower came down, it happened suddenly. Um, in the debris, he saw dismembered limbs, body parts flying everywhere. Uh, he says, we don't know how many human remains there will be or what the state of them is. I'm told the fires are still burning. So he basically looked at them all and was like, you need to understand that this is um, victims of blunt trauma, thermal injury, and it's nothing you've ever seen before, and it is on a much larger scale. And everything he was listing in terms of injury, he was like, for the majority of these people, they will have been subjected to all of these at once, for a lot of them. Um, so obviously they were completely shell-shocked. They were running everywhere trying to get prepped She spoke about a colleague who was working in an emergency room further up the island and how they obviously were setting up like all of this kind of like ad hoc triage. They were prepping everyone. People were coming in who were on days off. Obviously, every single person in Manhattan who had medical experience presented themselves somewhere. Mm -hmm. And she said that Judy said her colleague told her later that they just waited and waited to receive the people who needed treatment. And after a while, just no one came. Because they weren't alive? Or where? Yeah, because they were just... So few people survived it. Well, if you had any injury, you were gone. Like, yeah, like though that hospital was like higher up on the island. So a lot of, obviously people did make it to emergency rooms and things like that. And there's an amazing episode of this is actually happening. This is actually or really happening. Don't know. You know that podcast? Yeah with a an emergency doctor who you know manned an A&E but anyway yeah that's it like they were prepped they were braced for the wave of victims that didn't come so, the, so, so they were all headed so to the morgue. Grim. yeah 
And God. so they had the roadblock. They set up um, like uh, this huge tented area um, where they had all these stations and they had a pathologist. They had like a trainee taking the notes. Yes. It, they had an entire just set up. And okay. And so they were trying at this point just like to start gathering information about the people in order to like yeah. get names and understand, you know. Uh, well, I mean, they the didn't dead. even have that to begin with yet. Yeah. Like they actually needed to catalog and then digitally record so that then when it came time for the people to start reporting their loved ones missing, they that they would have a shot at tracing them through DNA yeah. or something. So that's what they but first needed to do. And then they the were starting, of bits They were starting well. backwards, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. like say you get a body and you need to identify the body. The, they were not getting very many bodies. I see. So basically they were being prepped. And he was like, the scope of the problem is your toughest job right now. There is 40,000 people working, worked in the Twin Towers. And there's no way to know how many, there may have been right at the point of this collision, the, this, um, uh, you know, uh, mass murder. Um, how many made it out of the buildings before they collapsed? Yes. They were looking at fatalities that could potentially be in the tens of thousands. Mm -hmm. Don't know for sure. They also don't know, didn't know at the point, at this point, whether they didn't know where the attack had come from. Although government, Would have, you know, had a pretty yeah. good idea. Um, they didn't know whether another was coming. They didn't know yeah. whether another was coming. They didn't know if there was biological or chemical agents involved exactly. in the attack. Yeah. yeah. Or whether there was more attacks planned for the coming days. So they literally were like, we don't know where it's safe. We don't know if the uh, victims that are going to be coming to us are safe in terms yeah, of like yeah. there being some kind of like chemical agent involved. They um, got... Uh, loads of manpower from a, a a department called Disaster Mortuary Operation Response, which Whoa. is kind of intense. And they obviously had established the command center and they said, this is the work of identifying the bodies. This is all you do now. And um, they told them that refrigerated tractor trailers were yes. on the way now and they were going to be used as mobile storage for all of the remains. How many people are we talking here? So and more died? trucks were coming. More trucks, more was trucks. Was it 3,000? Um, I think it was 2,000 something. Okay. Um, That's a lot of people. Bring it up. Just in, even in terms of the space needed. And like you say, they were preparing for upwards of, oh well, they thought that at worst 2, case 2,996. That this could be 10,000. So yeah, 3,000 basically yeah. nearly. And yeah, they were preparing for upwards of 10,000. And they, so the trucks were like UPS and FedEx trucks. Jesus. Because they just needed something that had refrigerated trailers. Yeah. Super value. Like yeah. big Tesco, all those delivery trucks would be refrigerated. Yeah. And I think people had a very strange reaction to that very particularly. Well, sure. What was the option? What was the option? But I think, like, it's so interesting because with path uh, forensic pathology and stuff, like, there's so much placed on, like, the dignity of victims. Yeah. And the dignity of the bodies that you're dealing with. And I think it was already the very, like, visceral kind of sense of, like, we are so out of control. This is way yeah. beyond anything we've ever dealt with. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're going to, like, we're going to become numbed. Yeah. to this 
rapidly yeah. and we need to not like yeah. as in we need to still treat every fragment of a human being as a loved as one that. Yeah. Um, so uh, they started this classification systems particularly for 9-11 okay this is so grim so basically they started it with DM01 that was okay. the start of this code basically that yeah. was going to help them keep track of every single thing it stood for disaster Manhattan 2001 and then they, he said, we're going to apply the rule of thumb. When you receive a specimen larger than your thumb, so yes. a piece of a person, larger than your thumb, it gets a DM number. Okay. If you receive something smaller that may still be useful for identification, tooth. a fingertip with an intact print, for mm-hmm, instance, yeah. or a tooth with mm. a filling or some dental work done on it, you will also assign it a DM number. Um, he said to the doctors, the decision of whether or not to assign a DM number will be yours. And then he said, you will treat each specimen that fits the rule of thumb as though it were a body. Um, we will. So basically he was saying as well that they would assign, they would rather assign multiple numbers to multiple remains then of one person. Exactly. Than miss somebody. And he said it's possible given the magnitude of the forces at work here that a single finger will be the only piece of a missing person we recover and if we can use it positively to identify the person that we'll have done our job and that is our single most important goal it's basically our only job identifying these people so their families will know what had happened to them and basically um what a time they noticed that there was um a lot of digits there was five digits after the beginning of the code Mm -hmm. and that meant that they were making contingency for like more than 10,000 bits bits yeah Yeah. and so like they when they first so the vans first started arriving and they were like, okay, whole bodies take precedence, body parts and fragments to be processed later. So like they're in this tent place. Everyone has their station. Um, they were told we're staying here dealing with the consequences of this event until further notice. Literally all other autopsies ceased. Uh, they were like not being called to crime scenes. They were like, that's it. Um, so even the people who'd been down there when the towers collapsed in the um, field morgue, they just rode in. Every person just, you know, well, they couldn't sit it out either. Like they mm-hmm. were just, you know, they were told that there was barges coming down the Hudson River um, full of bodies. Oh, um, again, this was like a, you know, evaluating for the uh, biological weapons risks mm-hmm. that they were. They didn't want to run them through the streets. Yes, exactly. And, um, so my god okay so basically so was the space becoming an issue for wherever they were were they operating inside were they inside or outside they were, were they... outside the building that's okay. where they established the whole base base so it was in like the loading dock of the building okay so i suppose it was like so that the bodies weren't being brought into the building yeah, yeah. kind of unnecessarily being ferried around corridors and yeah. things like that they had six stations each with a, me- a metal body pan on saw horses, if you like, so that's yeah. kind of those 
props. Um, and that was the table. And then they had like a rolling cart full of like equipment, like vials for DNA samples, trauma scissors for cutting off clothes, scalpels, forceps, Polaroid camera, banner size labels for the body bags, so big ones. And then um, blah, 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 smaller uh, biohazard bags for partial remains. You know, they had everything on hand that they would require. Uh, NYPD detectives and scribes were there to like, you know, transcribe the findings. Mm-hmm. Um, they were mostly medical students actually. And they were taking uh, dictation from the doctors and they also had these body diagrams. Um, like mark blank, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Blank for every um, victim. And so basically then they had all these kind of like toe tags and manila envelopes um, to like process the cases and stuff. And that was it. Like I said, there was six digits after the DM01 code. And like, oh, that was it. They had contingency for over 100,000. 100,000. Sorry, not the tens of thousands. And presumably that would be a long time as well. Um, it, I mean, genuinely, they seemed to like, m- like rally really fast. Like now, once that is all set up, that is, we are on to the morning of September 12th. Okay. So that's it. They were waiting for a long time for bodies and body parts being recovered and then transported. Yeah. So the first body of uh, Judy Melanex, uh, Dr. Judy Melanex, was DM01000041. So she handled the 41st victim. And it was a crushed head and torso. And she says, I had never seen anything like it. The body was pulverized, major organs eviscerated, some still attached by blood vessels and connective tissues, others just missing entirely. Limbs all amputated. The torso uh, was cut off below the navel. The remains were entirely black, burned and covered in soot. The head not recognizable as a head, except that it had hair and was attached to the neck. She said the smell of jet fuel, so strong. And she said, looking at the open body bag, she knew that this person had been mashed, burned, dropped from a height and slashed by sharp forces. Hopefully it was quick. And she had seen people, she said, I've seen people killed by subway trains and speeding cars and run over by trucks and crushed in industrial equipment and fallen from great heights and burned and battered, but never all at once. So she said, I didn't, I don't know where to start. And she turned to a superior who was like, you're not trying to find cause of death here. The task is narrow identification. Mm. So they were like using forensic dentistry, sending bodies for x-rays for like history of fractures, for example. Um, There was plenty of bones and radiology that could show up old surgery or healed injuries. Sorry. And um, she said that she scooped up the pieces of the head with both her hands and tried to nudge them together into shape to try and see if there was enough of a face in there to photograph exactly and so they um but but next the next body bag was just a left leg okay so they did things like note the material of the pants Mm -hmm. they were like meticulous like they copied the fabric pattern Everything that could help with family members saying, yes, they left for work in those pants, you know, fragments of bank cards. And, you know, there was like, this is so crazy, right? There was 
fragments of checks, bank checks, complete with like a rooting number mm. and a partially legible name, right? You ready? Embedded under the skin. What? Yeah. Like it be- embedded into the muscle tissue under the skin. And they were able to see it and extract it. So they really pick like Isn't fine tooth comb levels how? of like picking through. How did that happen? So they managed to remove the shards of paper from the muscle and like it was logged under lost property and obviously photographed to be put with the specimens and everything like that. Um, they were, so all of the NYPD and the FBI were obsessed with trying to find box cutters because they had intel that the uh, hijackers had used box cutters to take over the planes. And that was mm. the weapon. Yeah. They also found lodged in that same leg with the check, the grip of a gun. What? Just in the leg. So do we think that whoever owned that leg was on the plane? Well, the FBI were acting kind of like maybe because, so they took the gun, for example, immediately. But I mean, it's possible I was thinking about it and I was like, maybe it was was a a security guard. Yeah. Or yeah. law enforcement, and it was in a holster and pushed down inside it somehow. It was down inside the leg. Um, the, Good she, God! The, one of the students, right, was taking notes, and Judy said to her, "Like, how does this happen?" Like she was saying it out loud, and she was like, "What did this? How?" And the student was like, "I don't know. I want to be a psychiatrist." Oh. As in, this student is like studying psychiatry and is sitting in the midst of this like it's it's just crazy to think of all the people who witnessed so many different aspects of the fallout exactly um so then like the salvation army had set up tents um to feed everyone so it's fascinating just people were coming from everywhere to give help like uh different um so it's interesting lots of like supplies like admin supplies like were donated from companies that make manila envelopes for example like it just yeah. the sense of like and everyone sort of wanting to happened. do something nobody was arranging this to happen i mean it people was, were coordinating for yeah. sure but like lots of people like, were just like what help. do we have that we can exactly. give you know that kind of way um so the next thing that she got yeah she discovered that the crushed torso and the half leg were more complete than probably most of the remains that she was going to work on. Like her next body bag was just a pelvis, a femur, and a little bit of muscle tissue. Um, Did she talk about becoming desensitized as the time rolled on? She talks about a kind of a moment that really, really undid her. Okay. So I actually think no. Okay. I can't like you can't even imagine what no. the atmosphere in there would have been like yeah. in terms of just the, God, the like on I don't know the emotion of it like the grief and the, the shock really yeah everything. the shock of it yeah. yeah exactly but with the task at hand yeah exactly and I guess maybe that would focus you and um, she said that it was considered lucky if there was a patch of skin that would help guess at the victim's race yeah and um, this sad there's a actually a whole body of a young woman who had a wedding ring an engagement ring and the ring was inscribed john and isabel so they had this it's funny that like the first place they went really was okay isabel we have this tentative id here 
And she says she made her it made her think of getting her own inscribed just in case. Jesus. I know it's crazy. And um, she said there was like a whole batch of feet, like loads of feet came in and it was like they'd be wearing shoes or not wearing shoes. You know, they'd literally be noting down if there was like a scrap of nail polish on left on a toe, you know. Um, and they were obviously sending every bit of finding upstairs to an office where that was putting it all into a database. Meticulous. Um, so, yes, the box cutter obsession by the FBI eventually waned because it was an office building and there was just thousands of box yes, cutters. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that mad? Yeah. Absolutely mad. So like when they were like, every alert us every time you find a box cutter, people were just shouting, box cutter here, yeah. box cutter here. Sometimes people would shout it at the same time and they'd be like, jinx. <laughs> so the box cutters were piling up and finally the FBI were like, mm, you probably collected enough box cutters. Um, so then um, they uh, broke for meals, but stayed for like, we're talking 18 hours at a time. She, you know found hands with perfect French ma- yeah, manicures. Um, she went, um, yeah, she went through so many bodies and sometimes the bodies arrived tangled together and they would have to be all separated, obviously. Um, but it, like when I say tangled together, there was like... Bits inside other bits. Yeah. Like the hand of one person inside the rib cage of another. Oh God! I know, like nightmare. It is absolutely mind boggling. Did she happen to talk about finding the bodies of the terrorists, the perpetrators? No, but they were under instructions to like just anything with like Arabic writing on it. Anything, like obviously any of the gun stuff they were obsessed with. Like yes, it was part of definitely the. Uh, focus yeah yeah um they uh had a bomb warning in the middle of it like at that building they had a bomb scare what i know isn't that mad like, like somebody called, in. called in and was like somebody called that in yeah oh, fucking it's hell. fucking crazy isn't it um they you know we're having trouble now with kind of maggots and stuff like well of course the decomp would have kicked off yeah yeah and they were also now that the world trade center was becoming this like job now that they were like oh we're in this for maybe the foreseeable yeah um so they then had to go back to like ordinary autopsies as well and so most of their shift these people were doing like an ordinary quote-unquote autopsy in the morning and then reporting to 9-11 like it is I honestly, I don't know. They must have PTSD. They must. They must. Like, you can't, like, she wrote the book. Maybe that was part of a process for her that she could, like, close the door on some of the things that she'd witnessed. Maybe that's cathartic to write it down and just pull it out and maybe she could move on. But But also, it is important to, like, to document and record the details. Mm. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. They happened. Yeah. Yeah. This is harrowing. Like it's it's really humanizing. What is I know we know it as a huge terrorist attack that happened what twenty one years ago. But yeah. like, but it's like making the spectacle real. Yeah, yeah, and like 
even like, you know, calling it a terrorist attack, like feels like a remove yeah. to say what it was like, which is mass murder. Yeah. And what all these things are, not just stuff that happens in America. Yeah, exactly. Like or in England or whatever, like it is all mass murder and so much of, well, innocent people, all innocent people. So, yeah, I think like there's some details that are like quite moving, like. The trailers, you know, like the FedEx trailers, I was saying the refrigerated, um, they were all draped in American flags and stuff. And they were all parked like up this avenue in Manhattan. Um, And certainly like I think nobody realized initially, but as more came, like at one point there was like six of these huge trucks. People realized and started to throw flags over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Um, They... uh, yeah, they were bringing in like discarded personal items as well yeah. as bodies and things like that. Um, they were obviously starting to identify firefighters and police. And obviously yeah. so many police and firefighters were here working this as well. And she was saying how like whenever um, somebody was identified as one of their own, they'd come and like talk about them and be like, he's just gotten over the flu or he has his kid has a birthday coming up like it was just so so fucking sad like yeah she said like at times you know her husband would bring their like toddler son down to see her at work and they'd like leave obviously and go and like have a lemonade and stuff and it's just like he'd be like how are you doing this and she was just like what else do I do you know it was crazy they'd started now bringing in more and more students and just training them and being like you have to this is it um so that's it she um obviously had times when um she broke down she said a lot of like things would be sparked by the generosity for example of other like Manhattan companies and things like that, like the Salvation Army never left. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, all of like the food suppliers and things like that, like they just were just desperate to do anything. Um, so um, they, sorry, they were now, they switched, right? About a month after the attacks. So initially they were like removing debris and removing bodies, parts and bodies by hand. And then after a while, they kind of had to call it mm-hmm. and bring in like trucks and things like that, that um, there, were, there was a real response to that. Like you can imagine it, like just the kind of visual of just like shoveling up it's people and building and mess and just you know that kind of way but like what could they do you know like they the weeks were passing and they had to you know get Get on on and deal with it and stuff like that and so after about three weeks they just didn't see whole bodies okay like pretty much hardly at all also it was starting to be just bones Okay. Yeah. Um, and they were like sawing into bones yes. to try and get any scrap of DNA that that could be logged. You know, they'd have like dried thumbprints and things that they'd be trying to take prints off. You know, um. So basically, um, they. Ba ba ba. Sorry. Uh, 
Good Lord. I know, I know. So this Sorry. is weeks upon weeks. Weeks upon weeks. Um, and then you're into sort of the tiny scraps and at which time the city is sort of creaking back in to its flow. Yeah, yeah, that's Norm- it. Normality slowly returns. I mean, I wouldn't say it felt normal in New York for Years, so long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so much just kind of clothes and bones and, you know, it was just becoming um, just really detail work. And I would say remaining committed and focused. Very tricky. Very hard, but like they did. Um, And so then they basically... um, called a kind of a halt to it um like eight months after um the event the event they were like this is it now we found everybody yeah well they didn't find they didn't they identify didn't. everybody they did did they not no no so there's still there's still missing people presumed of dead. the victims there's over a thousand bodies i think that are unidentified and just assume like not individually i think people have families of people who died have said you know my daughter was in one of the towers but they haven't matched remains to that person to the missing people oh god so it's either there's a thousand missing people whose remains haven't been found or just not thousand remains that haven't been Identified. What happens so to the, all the remains, or the stuff that wasn't able to be identified? Does it just stay on file indefinitely? Yeah, I think the information gathered about it, but like they they incinerate the. They have to destroy yeah. like the rest. I guess yeah. I don't. You know, I actually don't know about the storage of that, but I know that like a kind of all um, the like after they closed the recovery operation in the May. There was like reports through the summer that still more body parts um, were found in surrounding buildings of the site. And these were um, fabricated. Okay. A um, lot of kind of misinformation. Yeah. And none of the, the things that were found were human. But like so there was a lot of false reports. So she got a call in mid-August. And remember it ended in May that they stopped searching. And she said the the call was that human remains had been found at the World Trade Center site. And she, having heard all the misreporting, was like, no, I mean, it it must not be. be. And she said that actually this was true. They found, so nearly a year after they found the last victim that they were going to find, basically. And it was a left hip and it was on the roof of a building um been thrown off in yeah it's just like thrown so clear oh you know gosh. um judy thought like she was pretty uh convinced that it was from one of the planes because they just didn't know how else it would have made it so far um so they were like it must have started up very high and had this kind of like force propelling it and um so that was it they uh they 
she doesn't know how many remains she personally processed. She says, right, she had 598 cases assigned to her. Whoa. Yeah. And she said that what they eventually found in terms of individual pieces was close to 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. There's it was a, just short of 20,000. There was a piece so, here in the New York Times last year that said um, the examiners, the medical examiner's office still working to painstakingly identify 9-11 victims. There are 1,106 victims whose remains have not been found. They said for nearly... Um, for 20 years, the medical examiner's office has been quietly conducting the world's largest missing persons investigation ever undertaken. They are testing and retesting the 22,000 body parts that were recovered from the wreckage after the attacks. Well, so there you go. Beggar's belief. I'm sorry, that was probably one of the toughest creeps that was really, of all time. Yeah. It's just very difficult even just hearing to wrap your head around it and get a sense of the gravity of it and how... To, and how it's mind-boggling truly like i've seen some pictures yeah and like i won't forget them ever so what does it mean to have been there and to have processed 600 pretend like victims or you know 600 pieces of victims but what a lot of good people growing in yeah like i said like thirty thousand medical examiners processed those twenty thousand pieces Mm -hmm. all those and all the volunteers and like there was a lot of acts of kindness and and goodness there in that moment yeah and there was a need to process or a need to give death certificates mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that. I mean, the admin of dying is is mad, but like these families needed to make potentially insurance claims, yes. things like that. Yes. Also, we know there's so many uh, hoaxers and death fakers. Yes. Like, it, yeah, like, uh, I know. it's fucking awful, but a lot of people trying to scam insurance companies. Yeah, like vultures. Yeah, saying that they've lo- they lost a loved one. Gross. Yeah, fucking gross. Uh, that was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you to Dr. Judy yeah. Malinek. And her book is Ripping Stiff. And it's truly, it is really good. Like Worth even it. beyond that chapter is so, is the rest of it so interesting. Uh, that was enthralling. Thank that's you. Thank you for listening, dear listener. You know where to find us on the Patreon for another slice of delight. Uh, Genuinely more delightful than that. Forward slash the creep dive. You'll find us. Uh, see you next week. Bye. Well done, girls. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.